Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Have them all go and go to Walter Reed Hospital and visit veterans and take mm-hmm. pictures with veterans and make that the, the trip to Washington if you want to. Or, or There's a way to, to, to do something positive rather than just creating a, uh, a photo op with the, with the president. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode 215 of the Red Sox Beat podcast on CLNS Media Network. I'm your host, Chris Cicillo from MassLive.com. I'm the Red Sox Beat reporter there. This is episode 215. It is presented by BetOnline.ag. That's CLNS Media's preferred online sportsbook. Today, we're welcomed by a new guest to the show, someone we haven't had before, and someone that I've uh, not had the pleasure, that's, not, that's the wrong way to put it, but have worked with for the last year <laughs> at MassLive.com. It's our columnist, uh, Matt Fotor. Matt, how are you? Hey, we're, yeah, we're both coming up on about a, a, a year of this gig. Yeah, so this is uh, Matt and I met on my first uh, training day, and it's been all downhill uh, from there. <laughs> um, we were able to cover the, uh, the seven-hour World Series game together, so uh, really um, have already been through in a year. A lot. I think something that I always find, you know, funny is in our office, Matt is referred to sometimes as like the Forrest Gump of sports based on the things he's gotten to cover in the last year. So, you know, any columnist has, but especially any Boston column, Boston columnist in the last year, but run down for people the top events that you've gotten to cover uh, just in almost a full year. Yeah, it's been, it's been, uh, it's been pretty crazy to uh, my first, uh, my first night out. After first night out, after you know the computer training, all that stuff was Game Seven of Celtics Cavaliers, and and the first person I asked an interview question to in this job was LeBron James, and that kind of set an interesting just just tone for everything. And so to go from there and the the uh, the World Series, the Super Bowl, uh, I've done some you know, doing NHL playoff games right now. Uh, I've said, I've talked to Tiger Woods. It's it's been. The amount of things that have happened in and around Massachusetts that I yeah the Forrest Gump uh, the for, the Gump app is probably the, the comparison is probably uh, fair on you know both a uh, being on the sidelines sidelines of, uh, of history as as well as my fashion sense those those two things the Forrest Gump is probably appropriate in both situations right and you even had you Massey covered forever making the Frozen Four this year, too. So even kind of your old beat right. uh, reaching new new heights, which is pretty crazy. But, um, you know, I think obviously we're recording this on, on Tuesday. So 
the Celtics would have been, you know, maybe a better conversation from yesterday when the Celtics still had a pulse or still had uh, a chance against the Bucks. Now they're down three one, but this is probably the closest that at least I can remember. Um, and you're much much older than me, so you could probably <laughs> remember a lot farther back. But nice uh, stuff of of, uh, of Boston getting this close to four championships, or really any city getting this close. And you know, Celtics aside, the Bruins now have a really good chance to win the Stanley Cup. I think that's that's a fair thing to say. The Red Sox and Patriots already have done it. So even for a city that's so used to winning since 2000, 2001, does this feel like this year has been just on a different level? Well, I mean, I, when you, especially when you think of the, that Tom Brady won another Super Bowl as old as he is. The Red yeah. Sox won another World Series with uh, with um, winning the, you know, the, the most games in the franchise history things it's it, it really is a different thing and so yeah it, it takes a lot to get boston extra excited now i i would have said before this year that an undefeated patriot season going you know the, the full 19 and 0 would have been the one thing that hasn't happened that could happen that would get people that would get people that excited but th- i hadn't that i hadn't considered the possibility of of holding, you know, four title belts all at the same time, but it, yet here it is. And just to be clear, you think that? Do you think? And obviously, the Red Sox are now two games under five hundred after losing here in Baltimore last night. Do you think that there are people, at least, you know, when I have my blinders on and I'm focused on just the Red Sox and the reaction and what people think, and you know, the the tough first month, the tough first opening trip, it seems like Red Sox fans are really you know, pissed off about it and, and fairly at some points. But do you think that Celtics and the Bruins being in it, Bruins having a surprising run, especially with the lightning out, the Celtics, you know, basically winning their first five playoff games and, you know, collapsing. Do you think that distracts people and helps the Red Sox out with that start? I do. I do. And I, I think that, uh, I think the people, I think people can feel like the Red Sox are early and figuring it out because they're, they're, their energy, their the, their sort of the emotional energy that they're spending is on the is on the Celtics, mm-hmm. is on the Bruins now, much more so than the than the other two. I mean, much more so than the than the Red Sox right now, because I mean, people are less likely to want to go to a Red Sox game right now because a they're not playing well and b because the weather's been lousy. Right. And so I, I think I think people feel like they can wait to get invested in, in, until after the uh, the Bruins and Celtics are done. Right, and with one of and those think, games, it'll be it'll be soon probably. And I actually think that that they'll end up being rewarded for that because I, I I said to somebody the other day I think the Red Sox will on June first will be two games above five hundred. Mm-hmm. I feel like they will have taken that a they'll despite their pitching problems, despite the other you know, the the, uh, thing, the question marks and the the slow the slow hitting starts for for some guys. I think they will. Start. I think. I think it's starting to come together, and I think there's enough bad teams out there that uh, they'll eventually feast on them. And we talked about before the call, and in the last couple of weeks, how you've been focused on Celtics, the Bruins, NFL draft, even a little bit, some other stuff. And now, you know, you haven't been in tune with the day to day of the Red Sox stuff. Obviously, some big news came yesterday. David Price goes to the injured list. He joins Evaldi there, so they're they're scrapping for for depth. We saw Josh Smith and Ryan Weber pitch last night. I'm sure you did not watch a second of that game with the Bruins and Celtics both on. Uh, I did. I caught, I caught, I caught, I always catch, I was trying to catch a, a couple minutes, but, and, and just curious, I, I couldn't even picture what Ryan Weber looked like until, uh, 
until I, I poked my head into there for a second. But yeah, not not uh, He looks not exactly like uh, Patriots beat writer Jeff Howe. That's all you need nice. to know. But nice. I think for you and kind of the grand view, why you're on today in, in my mind is other than to make fun of you is uh, the column you wrote this morning, which is uh, interesting on the Red Sox White House visit that will be happening in two days in Washington, obviously. Uh, you wrote that it's long past time to stop inviting championship teams to Washington. And I think the most important graph there was, you know, with the tradition of the president inviting championship teams to Washington, which used to be fun, is now the most divisive part of winning a championship. It's a guaranteed distraction and has the potential to damage team chemistry. So kind of just take us through your thought process on, on writing that and why you've come to either change your mind or believe this for a long time. Well, first of all, all my graphs are important. Second right. of all, um, I, I, my thought on this has been watch, watching over the, the, the past few years, and it's, it's become more it, – it, the spotlight has grown brighter on this sort of thing in the, in the Trump years, as we've seen the Golden State Warriors say they're not going, the Philadelphia Eagles being disinvited and things. It's, this used to be about the team that won. I mean, if you remember, uh, you remember uh, George W. Bush um, making fun of Manny for not being there for because apparently Manny, you know, Manny had yet another grandmother problem, which right. was always the joke on Manny. And it, it used to be lighthearted joking and not about the president. But um, and so it, a, a little bit with Obama, Jake Arrieta. Uh, Matt Burke didn't go from the, I think it's the Ravens. Um, if there were, you'd start to see protest guys. Tim Thomas, very notably in Boston, yeah. didn't go. But I, I think as the nation's politi- divide over politics has grown, um, you've seen this that much more. And Donald Trump obviously is a polarizing figure. And it's worth noting too. I think Hillary Clinton would have been a polarizing figure. I think you'd have seen different people pro, uh, refusing to go, but I think you'd still have seen people refusing to go. And so, well, I'm clearly on the record for my liberalism. Uh, I, I, I don't think this is just a Donald. I'm not, I'm not putting this 100% at Donald Trump's feet. I just think this has become a become almost a, an invitation for people to grandstand, for people to to take shots at, at politicians and to and to make it about something that it never used to be about before. And it's so I don't I'm not saying that this Red Sox team is going to be fractured by it, although the opportunity it certainly exists, given uh, the strong feelings that Alex Cora, that, that Christian Vasquez have expressed about Puerto Rico, Hector Velasquez said some similar things related to Mexico and Trump's comments on Mexico. No, if you're, if you're one of those guys and you see a different teammate going to the white house and glad handing Trump who you, you know, you has insulted you in which you feel personally, that sort of thing can happen. I'm not saying it is happening with the Red Sox, but I mean, you've been charged with in the past uh, few weeks of, of, of asking all these guys and, and, checking in with it and the fact that you see Xander Bogarts is not going but won't say why Jackie Bradley not going won't say why because mm-hmm. some of these guys don't mm-hmm. want to get same into, thing for Mookie yeah exactly exactly these guys don't want to get into the political nature of it 
And I think that's what this event has become. So, I, you know, my thing is, and I should have written this this morning. I thought of this this morning and kind of kicked myself. Have them all go and go to Walter Reed Hospital and visit veterans and take mm-hmm. pictures with veterans and make that, you know, the, the, um, make that the, the trip to Washington if you want to. Or, or there's a way to, to, to do something positive rather than just creating a, uh, a photo op with the, with the president. I think something that's been interesting to me, and, and as I've, you know, written about this since January, and, you know, when I've joked with people, you become a sports reporter so you don't have to deal with all the political stuff. And um, especially in today's climate, you know, I don't envy the political reporters who have to deal with this kind of stuff all the time because the comments, the tweets that I've gotten in the last couple months, anytime I tweet about this, have been more nasty than anything I've written about baseball. So, and I'm sure that you'll kind of face the same thing on this column and anything else you write about it. But I think it's uh, it's one of the, the worst takes out there that this is not a story. I think that's something that a lot of people have mentioned, and you, right. and I remember a couple of weeks ago, tweeted to me that the people who say nobody cares about it, uh, at least obviously care a little bit about it if they're tweeting about <laughs> it. So, um, I've seen just a lot of tweets about Nobody cares. You're trying to make this a story where there isn't one. And you know, I think you agree with me that this is a major story. This is a, uh, a bunch of you know, local heroes who are in their own way you know, taking a stand either against Trump or in, in some ways with Trump. And this decision is, is something that um, you know, guys have been clear on. And um, it's really unlike anything the Red Sox have seen in their previous three White House visits. But to me, it is a big story. And that's why we keep asking. It is. Keep writing and about I'm- I'm sympathetic to some of the guys. Some of the guys are not politically knowledgeable, and mm. and that's okay. You're not forced to be politically knowledgeable, and so I, I know I, I know for me, like if you had asked me when you know when I was 12 years old and a in a in a you know exceptionally mediocre athlete in every sport I played mm-hmm. about winning a professional championship, you'd think okay, you win, you get a parade. You get a ring, you get a White House trip, and it never occurred to me to think about to think about what party is the is the president in the White House in yeah. that that's that that's happening with you know that, that's doing that. So no, it, 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 uh, I, for some of these guys, it's just checking the the boxes of what a championship's supposed to to feel like without thinking you know that that they haven't thought about. What is this president, you know, his opinion on 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 tariffs and healthcare mm-hmm. and, and and issues of uh, immigration and um and and helping Puerto Rico and these things? These are issues that matter to real people that that are that are incredibly important to some people. But it's not surprising that there are twenty what something year old athletes that, that haven't spent a lot of time getting into it yet. Right. I agree with that. And I think there's a lot of guys that say it's the White House, it's the presidency. You honor that no matter who's in office. And I understand that point of view. Um, and it will be interesting to see in two days, you know, exactly uh, what happens. There are guys on the team who are clear Trump guys. Heath Embry made that clear uh, right after the World Series, probably after a few beverages out in Los Angeles, as he said uh, in a column, I think, that Rob Bradford wrote in the spring. But, you know, to me, uh, I asked Alex Corey yesterday about this divide. It's It's very clear that uh, when you look at the guys who have said that they're not going, it's the minority guys have decided, you know, almost completely that they're not going to be going. And um, that's kind of a divide that's obvious there. And just that 
I asked Alex Gore, he said there's nothing so far and he's not worried about it. He doesn't feel a need to address the team, but as you wrote in the column, it is a guaranteed distraction. I agree with that because they have to keep answering questions about it. These guys don't want to have to answer the questions at their locker. They, I understand that. And it has the potential to damage the chemistry just based on, um, you know, guys having these differing beliefs. I think the Red Sox are, they have a very tight-knit clubhouse, but this is something that kind of goes beyond baseball. And, you know, I just am very curious, not that we're going to be privy to this at all. I don't expect to be, but the private conversations between you know, a guy who's going and a guy who's not, and we're good friends in the clubhouse saying, you know, I understand why you're not going and I respect that, but to me, you know, either I want to honor the presidency or these are my beliefs. And, um, you know, the Red Sox are a tight-knit tight enough group where I, I think that it won't cause a big fracture, but uh, it does, as you wrote, open the possibility. Yeah, and I think I think you saw David Price's misadventures with Steve Buckley and Twitter uh, over the past couple of days, the show it abs- it act- absolutely is a a a distraction, at least on some level. Right. Now this is you know what what Matt's bringing up here is a story that was you know David Price yesterday goes on the injured list and that turns out kind of not even to be the biggest uh, story uh, on David Price for the day. I mean it's it's important, but he he kind of downplayed how much how or how long he'll be out. And yesterday uh, there was kind of a, a situation where. After Alex Cora decided that he's not going to go and announce that decision publicly, uh, Steve Buckley, columnist for The Athletic, tweeted out, Alex Cora has confirmed a newspaper report that he will not make the trip. So basically it's the White Sox who will be going, referencing that you know, most of the players, or almost all of the players who are going to be going, are white. Lowercase w on the white, <laughs> despite the fact that the Red Sox were playing the capital W white. Right. Capital and then, white Sox at that point. And David Price you know, tweets out, I just feel like more than 38,000 people should see this tweet referencing Buckley's uh, following. David Price's following is, I believe, you know, like in the millions. So he wanted more people to see that. And that kind of caused a lot of people to wonder, is David Price talking about, is he agreeing with Buckley and, and saying that, you know, his teammates shouldn't go? Or is he, you know, as a guy who's been combative with the media in the past, is he someone, is he saying, you know, that people, he's trying to expose Buckley's tweet, Alex Spear of the Boston Globe, Asked him yesterday before the game at Camden Yards. Said David Price clarified his meeting behind the tweet by saying it was an insensitive tweet that needs to be seen by more people. That's what it was. So Price calling out Buckley for what he perceived as an insensitive tweet about, quote-unquote, the White Sox going. And, you know, as Matt said, that does prove to me that this is in these guys' minds. They're, they're at least looking at it on Twitter. You know, some guys obviously look at social media more than others. But if a reporter's tweet about it... Um, if they will to infiltrate, then I think it does say at least something. Be the bad guy in this, and he's certainly not the only person to have to have come to that conclusion about the Red Sox decisions being kind of going across racial lines, and and so he's making Buckley the bad guy is is a little bit un, unfair. But if if I'm Price going in there, I, I think what I what I would want to have said is. Uh, if you if you're gonna if you're gonna call Buckley out on that, you say, look, this is an example of the media creating a controversy where none exists. What he said opened the door for people to think he was ca- he was calling his teammates out, which would have been off brand for him. He's definitely been somebody. If you remember the Dennis Eckersley thing, too, he's certainly willing to fight with the media to to not to mention the Evan Drellick thing. Yeah, exactly. To he's happy to he's happy to fight with the media on behalf of his teammates which is admirable 
I suppose if you're a little smarter about doing it. Mm. I mean, like, and and I I think Price has, sometimes has a way of not quite coming off the way he intends to come off, and I I think that's hurt his image. For a guy, I think David Price is generally a, a smart guy, and my guess is in a non-media situation, a pretty good guy. But I I think it's I think he's he's started putting on that, you know, that, that suit of armor or, or, or building that wall to, to make a, to make an intentional pun, given everything we're talking about, mm-hmm. um, it, that, that I think has, has kind of affected his image in a way that wouldn't necessarily have to. We'll come back to that in a second. First though, a message from our sponsor, betonline.ag. It's already springtime in Boston. The weather's actually finally getting nicer after, you know, two rainouts on the last homestand. Really, just bad weather kind of overall. The Red Sox season is underway, and the Red Sox have obviously begun their quest to repeat as World Series champions. You guys who are listening, for the most part, probably aren't good enough to be major leaguers, just like Matt and I aren't. That's why we talk about the team instead of playing. But if you guys want to still get in on the action and you want to feel like you're part of it, there's only one place to share in the Red Sox wins by grabbing the odds and allowing the experts to do the heavy lifting for you. That's betonline.ag, AG like attorney general. They bring back politics into this White House talk with that. We have sports, live betting, a virtual casino. You name it, betonline.ag is CLNS Media's preferred sports book on the, on the web. If you're feeling lucky and would like to support our podcast, go to clnsmedia.com backslash Soxbeat. That's S-O-X-B-E-A-T. Use the promo code CLNS50 for that 50% sign-up bonus. That's CLNS50. Betonline.ag is your online sports book expert. So Matt, going back to what you were talking about there. I was going to say AG as in the the, uh, the t- periodic table of elements for silver, which you could win silver in this scenario. So, Wow, that was, was very nerdy. That's horrible, yeah. That's, yes. <laughs> that's, like, that's like worse than a dad joke somehow. Um, <laughs> but talking about, you know, David Price getting his message across, stuff like that. He always, you know, Chris Smith wrote uh, a couple weeks ago about how he has decided either because he won the World Series or whatever, that he has a bigger platform now and that his voice should be heard more. And he's been very clear that this is how he wants to He wants to kind of be very vocal. He's done it on Twitter, talking about every team should play on Jackie Robinson Day and talking about uh, how Mookie Betts hasn't been in any commercials and that the Major League Baseball has not done a good job and marketing African-American players. And now, you know, coming out uh, with this comment to Steve Buckley yesterday, it seems like, not only is Price being more vocal about, you know, baseball stuff, but he's trying to take more of a, you know, political, cultural stance and your argument that he could be smarter in the way he does some of this stuff, especially, you know, when it pertains to this Buckley comment, I think is an interesting one because he's not afraid to, to go after reporters like we talked about. And a technically broadcaster for the Red Sox, Kevin Carlex, a couple of years ago in the clubhouse at Yankee Stadium and now Steve Buckley. And, um, yeah, I think it's actually good in a way because there's, there's kind of a checks and balances on, Reporters for a long time could say whatever, and, and there wasn't that platform for players to go back and say what they think. They could, you know, say something in the paper, but uh, to be able to have that instant reaction, say something on Twitter is interesting. In this case, though, David Price's tweet to me was was too nebulous at the beginning, and and kind of led to a lot of people wondering exactly what he meant. I want, you know, maybe someone will yeah. ask today um, to clarify even a little bit more. I and here's the thing. I agree. With Price and a lot of things, I like uh, my my personal dealings with David Price, and, and I realize it's, it it, it kind of goes person to person. I like David Price. 
for, mm-hmm. the, for the dealings that I've had. I agree with him about Mookie Betts. I agree with him about everybody playing on Jackie Robinson Day. I, I, think, I think both of those are good points. And I, I think my was I was simply saying and and so if you and I agree with you what, what you just said too is I have zero problem with a uh, with an athlete calling out a reporter on that I've I've been called out and I've you know and I've been here by others but not by Price but but yeah I've been I've been called out by uh, by people before by athletes by coaches and things before and I have no problems with that and in fact I invite it because. If you, uh, first of all, if, if my job is sometimes to criticize people, if they want to criticize me back, th- I, I sure as hell better be able to take that. And that's, you know, I'll, I'll take that from, from athletes, from coaches, from readers. That's fine. I mean, th- that if, if I'm going to criticize somebody else, I better be able to, to handle that. And so if, if that's a, if Price wants to do that, good for him. I would much rather do him do that out in the open and have a, you know, have a dialogue. Cause I, I might learn something. I might, he might make a point that I hadn't thought of, and, and so forth. I think it's, I think it's good that he's doing that. But I just think on something like Twitter, sometimes it doesn't hurt to, hey, to, for him to turn to his 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 wife and say, hey, is what do you think of this, or to a teammate and think because somebody somebody who showed him that tweet would have said it's going to look like you're calling your teammates out. Right, and that's what I think most of the responses would have been yesterday. You know, I mean that's. That was my first reaction and something that we debated yesterday. Yeah. And, um, I think another funny tweet that I saw was somebody tweeted to me and said, I don't think this needed clarification at all. I said, how, how could someone think that? Because it was, you know, I think most people actually thought it was the teammates thing. So um, definitely interesting. Social media obviously adds a different element to this whole sure. thing. Um, from, from what I've been told, kind of to wrap up our White House talk, the uh, the expectation is that you know the media members that are going. I think there's there's five or six members of the beat, including myself, who will be going to cover the event. The access will be limited. I'm not sure what we're we're going to see. I personally think it'll be politics aside, cool to go and see yeah. the White House. It's something that not everybody you know can do. Um, and so I think again on that note, it's it's uh, it's going to be a cool experience. I don't think. There's going to be anything very notable that comes of it. Just kind of a photo op. We'll see what kind of food they're served. But, um, you know, I think with with teams going less and less and your suggestion today, and, you know, I think that's a real possibility that, you know, this this might not be a tradition that carries on much longer. So um, there's a possibility that this could be one of the last teams, I think, to, to do this just because teams don't want to deal with the backlash. They don't want to deal with the potential divide. And, it's uh, it is a distraction. That's that's for sure. Uh, maybe the media creates a distraction. Maybe we just report on it. But it's uh, something that, as at least here in Baltimore, against a really bad team with, you know, your seventh and eighth starters, I guess pitching two games is probably the story of the week, other than Price's injury, and something that obviously is worth talking about. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I I think it, I think it it is a story, and there's enough people that are interested that it, that is certainly uh, it's certain it's certainly something. How how much of something it is, I, I guess, depends on the uh, on the reader or the podcast listener. But but it 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 matters on 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 some level and, and some years more than others. Yep. Well, Matt, thank you for your uh, for coming on today. It's uh, after this, there will be no more politics again. No more NBA on this podcast because the Celtics will be out. The White House trip will be done with, and 
Um, you know, if you're a Red Sox fan, I guess you'll hope that we'll have this conversation uh, in, in a year when they might be able to go to the White House after winning another world championship. This could be a, this will be a Patriots discussion somewhere down the line as well, I'm sure, too. That's true. But they've already gone under Trump, so maybe a little bit less. Um, until next week, we have uh, an eight-game homestand coming up. Red Sox have some off days to maneuver. We'll get into that next time. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you then.